Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes of jam-packed, up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Top story continues to be the situation in Saudi Arabia, but now it's being presented how it was always meant to be presented. It affects you. Therefore, you have a right to do whatever it takes to correct the situation. How does it affect you? Well, you can feel it every day because gas prices are on the rise. I knew it. Are you kidding? No, I was feeling over. I did think that yesterday that that's the way they personalize it is with the gas. Oh prices. yeah, that's that's definitely. And then not only make you feel it, it gives you this twisted moral justification for taking action, as if something affecting you is something you have a right to defend. I but, can't get to the grocery store and get food for my family without gas in my car. Therefore, let's bomb for oil. Right, fifty cents a gallon. I mean, that's just. What's you gotta those beautiful babies? Sorry, but they're they're not beautiful because they're on the wrong side right, of the border. Of course, but that that's how they did it. And and when I was listening to a local newscast, it literally had the story about gas prices, then the story about how Iran is responsible, then the story about the market volatility. So even your pension, you know, your retirement money is being affected by this. Wow. And, they, and Pompeo is over there saying this, what Iran did is an act of war. But when you look what we read yesterday, that Saudi Arabia was only looking at Yemen and not looking at the Iranian border and not defending their oil wells, it's preposterous. It's just not believable. But that is, at this point, it doesn't even have to be believable. All that has to be believable is that Trump believes it. Because he's going to be the one who's the hothead, who makes the decision. So they don't even have to make their false flags plausible anymore. Because as long as they paint him as an idiot, then everyone can call it a false flag. And still we have a war that has to be fought because it's too late. And what's going to make that worse is the new... Now I understand why the new National Security Advisor is a hostage negotiator. Remember we were talking about that yesterday? Yeah. This guy, Robert C. O'Brien, I think he did, ugh, I should have followed up on it, did get ASAP Rocky back home. I don't know. But the CNN article on that guy today, on Robert O'Brien, this was the angle. It's pretty funny. It said Trump picked Robert O'Brien, basically, this is what it said, because he is, quote, Trump is, quote, known to respond well to flattery. And O'Brien has complimented and praised Trump. He will also know how to handle Trump's mercurial moods, make him look good. So hostage negotiator should be read psychologist. Yeah, he can handle Trump. He's his handler. Right. However, he can handle Trump. But if he's a flatterer, then he's going to allow Trump to act on his delusions. This, is, this guy is also a yes man. That's a good so point. That's how I think that. So with Bolton, he had clashes. But with this guy, so you have these crazy false flags that nobody would really believe, but nobody has to believe because Trump's an idiot. And the his national security advisor, his new stovepiper, isn't going to let anybody get too close that makes Trump feel attacked or threatened or unloved. 
So the world is being held hostage by Trump, and this is yes. the hostage negotiator. Yes, yes. But he doesn't. But he's just the outcome. Won't it won't necessarily. It might be appeasement is yeah. the only outcome. So that's what I think. That guy. Oh, and one of the little, the Wall Street Journal said Trump quote likes the look of him. So like that's how he's making a de- his decision. There was an article about three weeks ago. It was a feature story on CNN that was like. Here are all the times that Trump has referred to a man that he's been introducing as good looking. That was oh. the article, and it had a chart. Like they made so a chart. He, so he's like a repressed homosexual, and that's why he's unstable. They I mean, were, is that what they're saying? They Aren't seem they seem to be implying that? Isn't it like you can be whatever you want? Can't you be any combination of free or unfree? They didn't overtly say that, but there did seem to be some implications of that. What they were overtly saying is that Trump is just all about the show. He's all about Hollywood, even though he fights with Hollywood. He's all about Hollywood, and he only likes good-looking people. Well, I get the sense that this was a visceral choice, that he just – that's how he operates. And that is a recurring theme, They just showed obviously. him headshots? He just picked the best-looking headshot? Yeah, like the way Brian Kemp is going to pick the next – the person to replace Johnny Isaacson. He's got them <laughs> applying online. <laughs> so maybe he'll do it, like, through WeWork. Yeah. So there is a couple of per- – potential like other motives for the Saudi Arabia story that I thought a the Israeli election is uh like very contentious now I I, that's too far away for me to know what's really contentious and how how trustworthy their elections are any of that I don't really know but Netanyahu is on the ropes he's definitely got got some problems there with that election that just came up and it would have been good for him to to pump up the threat from Iran. But there's also a right-wing guy who would who also benefits from that. So it doesn't really solve his problem. And then Saudi Arabia, as Brian mentioned on thepropreport.com recently, uh, Saudi Arabia is trying to take their oil company public. And the one thing they need is high oil prices. But, the, but something that will... So what what good is buying oil if it's going to be destroyed or attacked or you can't take care of it? Here's another angle to this story that's starting to unfold today, which plays on the preposterousness of yesterday's story, how did this happen? And it's this. They talked about, I think it's in the journal today, they talked about how Saudi Arabia, like for some reason, is not well defended. Like things have changed and while Russian systems can look 360, Saudi systems can't, which just – so then get 360 of them. They spend billions and billions of dollars. You yeah, know, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really make sense, and the article I read didn't really explain it, and I'm sure if there's actually usually somebody listening who can send me an email and tell me what it means. But, but the upshot I do understand, which is they should invest in Pentagon 360 – technology or and or by iron dome technology from israel so so that was all couched in the idea that we that these are world oil supplies that are concentrated vulnerable and under defended 
And so it's kind of an extension of us because it's a world thing. It's like maybe in another country, but it's basically our responsibility is how it's it's played out there. And that justifies all sorts of intervention as well as commerce. So this goes together with like France and Germany were also in the paper today because they're looking at laws to allow easing of restrictions to allow their defense industry to sell to non-NATO countries. So when you start thinking about this military industrial complex, when you start thinking about the defense companies as a for-profit business that has captured our government, they're basically one, they're really just one thing, then their business is fear and death. So so encouraging this, like what Trump is being, uh, is interfering with the emission standards in California, and the, it is said that he is doing that for oil companies or for car companies. And the danger there is that if you do have the government that's trying to set policy for corporations, you lose your liberties, your protections. That is a pathocracy. It's a government that is not working for you. It's working against you. And when it's the defense industry, that really puts you in actual danger. And it's and this out-of-control spending is where it really comes down. We spend half the world's dollar, defense dollars, half the world's defense dollars. We should, therefore, unless the entire world unites against us, in unison to have top-of-the-line stuff, we should be able to control all the defense in the world and never, us and our allies, we should say, should never, ever sell anything to anyone else. And then you could just basically have stasis, like the way Marvel wants to take the billboards down. You know, once you've won, once you have total market dominance, the last thing you want is to have a competitive environment. We might need all of that defense spending because yesterday the U.S. Navy came out for the first time and said that the leaked videos from 2017 showing what appeared to be UFOs are real and that they should not have been publicly released. This was a statement that – I'll tell you who gave that statement in a second because it's very interesting who gave the statement. They didn't actually say that UFOs were real. What they confirmed were that a variation of the language – to include UFOs, which is now called unidentified aerial phenomena, is real, and that it's unidentified. That's basically the statement. And the reason they broaden that definition, or they changed it, is because that definition includes what they're implying it is, that it's not an alien, that it's just technology that they can't catch, they can stop on a dime, they can do things that exceed the laws of gravity, and that they don't have control over it, and that probably some foreign entity does. Okay. And actually, I got a tweet. We got a tweet from at Willie Loman one a.k.a. Scott Creighton, who points out who made that statement. Did you just say who made the statement? No. The guy who made the statement, we just did a whole show on this. The That's what I was saying. Yeah, the title of the person who made the statement is the Naval Operations of Information Warfare Officer. Joseph Deputy Chief. Yeah, Deputy Chief. That's right. His name is Joseph Gradisher. He's the Deputy Chief of the Naval Operations of Information Warfare. He is the chief propagandist of the naval operations. And the this is the interesting part of this, really. The site that he gave the information to is Black Vault, a website that the article describes as dedicated to exposing government secrets. (laughs) 
the target audience, the main target audience here is conspiracy theorists. But Black Vault, it has to be the same thing as like what I think WikiLeaks is, like a honeypot. Something like that has to be out there so that it can attract and control the information. You don't want to have a real one. Right. So the government itself sets them up. So the fact that it's getting that alone, giving Black Vault's press is alone enough of a reason for this whole story to be there. And when we think about the targets, like they talked about them in episode 184 from the CyberCon clips that we played, if they're targeting conspiracy theorists, you go to this website, and you this is a website that you people out go to to look for documents. <laughs> this is a website that conspiracy theorists lend credibility. I'm not saying that they were necessarily working with them. I'm saying if I'm a propagandist, I say we want to make conspiracy theorists start to focus in on whether this is alien or, or what, it, what it is, what it isn't. Then we go to blackvault.com, and we tell them. We give them the exclusive to break this because it lends credibility to it. I don't know what their ultimate goal for it is, but – if it's true, and I'm not saying it is, but if we if we were to assume it's true, then they're completely ignoring what the real news of this is. And this is this is a way to leak information out and lessen the impact of it by going to this website and knowing people are going to focus on, is it a UFO? If it's not a UFO, I don't really care as much. I want it to be a UFO. Right, right. And then the conversation was about, it wasn't supposed to get out. Why did it get out? That's not the real oh, story yeah. here. That's, it is such the technique of the moment is to talk about just the the personalities without the actual issues right if this were if this is true the real story here is the fact that that, it, that whatever that is exists yeah it exists and we don't have control of it and we can't even catch it and it can, but does it i don't know but i'm just saying if right. we assume it does yeah, then yeah they're not yeah, covering right. the real story that right. one of our enemies possibly can just completely dominate us at will and there's nothing we can do about it. And if that's a thing, like this thing that that goes faster than you can see it. So when people were saying they saw it, but it was going faster than you can see, that was kind of hard to believe. Yeah. But but if they if if it, it is a thing like that, then what you're not seeing, what you don't know, is, I mean, the sky's the limit as to what what kind of a threat that poses or an opportunity. But the fact is, we don't have access to it. They do, or we're vulnerable to it one exactly. way or the other, and that is important. That's more important than the asteroid. That's a Yeah, that's a crazy story, and they're not focusing on it. And some people say, well, maybe it's a holographic projection. I'm saying that's still just as scary. If China mm-hmm. can project a holographic projection mm-hmm. from China that fools the best Navy pilots, what else are we looking at that's – holographic well, that's well uh, the fact reality. is yeah if you it does none of it has to be real right. because all of this is psychological i mean the fact that we are now a hundred percent in the digital realm for all of our politics our governance our understanding of things it's like our our tagline the news reality doesn't make the news news makes reality there you go scary scary it is, it is it's interesting that is a psyop Definitely, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Speaking of psychological operations, Justin Trudeau, is that how you say Justin Trudeau, the very good-looking, weirdly-spoken— Oh, Trump has a crush on him. Apparently, a lot of people on Twitter (laughs) do, too. Maybe not as much as they used to after it was revealed that he wore, quote, brown face. I know. I've never heard of that before. And I have to say, he came out later because all the news outlets were trying to not say blackface— 
they were bending right. over backwards to say brownface because they like him so much, and they were trying to lessen the impact. Oh. Came out later and admitted that he dressed up another time that way. And this, they did refer to blackface. Now, I realized why they were calling one brownface and why they were calling the other blackface. They were calling the one brownface because he went to a high school gala party at the high school that he taught at as a teacher. And this was a party for administrators and for other parents dressed as Aladdin in 2001. And because the Aladdin character is Middle Eastern, they call it brownface in the news. Right. And then he dressed up as a singer when he was actually in high school in blackface. But the singer he dressed up as was black, so they called it blackface. Yet if you look at the two pictures. It's the, like he had the same makeup laying around? No, no <laughs> he didn't. He had the oh, most okay. blackface I'd ever seen in my life. Well, here's the thing. Have you ever seen it in your life in person? No, I haven't. I mean, this guy is like basically within 10 years of our age either way. Right. Right. So it's like when Megyn Kelly said that stuff. When I was a kid, people used to do that. I'm thinking, I don't think so. I'm from the North and you're from the South. But I mean, was that happening in Georgia? Listen to what they did. It was 2001 when this second incident happened. Also, somebody had they they knew these pictures were of course, out there. Of course, right. they knew they're out there. It's two, That's why he's there. Yeah, it was 2001 when this when the second picture happened. I remember 2001. There was not people walking around in blackface, and the picture that they released. Right, that would be horrible. Yeah, it could was, you imagine? Like you wouldn't hang out with the person. No. You would just feel like there's a, if there's a picture of other people in the picture with him, right. it's like that's not even There believable. is. I'll tell Those you, are the people I really want to know. I'm going to tell you about the picture, which is extraordinary, right after this. 2001, the picture they released is in black and white. Nobody's yearbook was in black and white. They put it out in black and white because it lessens the impact because if they put the color version out there. It shows how true – I mean this was – Robert Downey Jr. level blackface from that movie he was in where he played the black character. His entire body was covered in black paint, and it was elaborate. All you could see were his teeth and his eyes. So this was an extraordinary outfit he had on. The party he went to, which had teachers and parents of the students at at the end of the year party in 2001, and what what they were doing was mocking Muslims is what it looked like to me. And it was around the time 9-11 happened. Wow. I, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if it was after or before, but other people were dressed up. A few other people. They were most definitely – this is a white, privileged school mocking Muslims is what it looked I like I can't – even that. Yeah. Even that, like I can't remember anything like that. So he's pictured with four women at a party. Can you imagine going to your kid's school to a party – and you walk in, and one of his teachers is wearing a robe, a turban, and is in full blackface. And when was it? This was 2001. It must have been before 9-11. Maybe. Unless it was in October or, you know. Every woman he's with is dressed provocatively like they have one thing they want to accomplish that night. There's one woman in front of him pressed up against him, and he has his hand wrapped around her as though he's holding her hostage at knife point. The way that he's got his hand around her. His hand is full black. It's up on her neck. It's a dominating position. He's got his other hand wrapped around her, gripping her hand. And it's very sexual, very provocative, and it's at a school function. It's unbelievable. And the media ignores all that so that they can say, you know what? This is the first thing Don Lemon said after playing the clip. 
Wow, that's amazing to see a world leader apologize and admit he did something wrong. We don't have a world leader like that. This is just like the Lori Lachlan thing where Felicity Huffman threw herself at the mercy of them, and he's doing the same thing. And they forgave I'm looking at the picture now, and what's amazing to me is you, as well, better than I do, know what stage makeup is like. And he's got his hands are full of that makeup, and they're all over this chick at a gala. That's a event. professional job, yeah. But I mean, it would get on all over you anyway, right? There's no way. I mean, it's just a crazy picture. Oh, you must be my son's teacher. Interesting choice of blackface. Hmm. I mean, that all is right. crazy. So, so that's not the only weird thing. No, you're a lot of weird stuff today. The dictionary just added the Webster's dictionary just added a new pronoun. They to refer to individuals who are gender fluid. I can read you the exact definition. This is annoying because they is already in the dictionary mm-hmm. and it should be G. But they went with they and they even have it under the same they classification as the other they's, which you pointed out before to be intentionally confusing probably. Why? I don't I don't remember. It's a big thing when you misgender somebody now. So I don't like bad grammar. It's going to cause communication confusion and lead to people saying, oh, you misgendered me, and lead to conflict, I think. Why? But they is, they is no gender, right? Yes, but if you don't know how to refer to someone. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think she would be worse for that because if you want to be he or she and somebody calls you she, you might be insulted. But they, I feel like... It injects awkwardness into something that's already awkward, which yeah. raises tension, because it doesn't make any sense. Like, they give an example. But people do it anyway. This is why I disagree with that, that people do it anyway. They use poor grammar all the time, and it makes me absolutely nuts. They say that when they mean who. They say they when they mean he. And it, it uh, in the immortal words of Calvin and Hobbes, it weirds language. He is going over there. If- they is going over they there. They is going over there? I mean, that doesn't make sense. What about— You had to say they are, which is what people say, but it's I know. This is incorrect. what I'm talking about. This is going to cause—what if you want to say him? What do you say? It causes communication confusion, and it doesn't—I mean, it's so ridiculous. You're right. It should be G. Or nothing. I mean, what's wrong with—they use he and she for—well, look, it's all the same kind of—it gets to the point of absurdity, and it's like humor. It's like attacking— you can't have humor, right? So you can't even have grammar. And if you have no grammar, grammar is elite. Yeah. That's grammar true. is an elite thing. So I, my father is a truck driver, but he cared about grammar. And yeah. it was helpful to me when I ended up needing it. And then I could, and then I'm a much better writer now, much more effective communicator yeah. because I was trained to be precise in language. And it really keeps me out of trouble sometimes. And if you, that's why Ebonics was such an, uh, um, or like two language, not, not encouraging immigrants to learn English. It's a disservice to them. And that's what Bill Cosby's angle was yeah. a lot of times. It's really a disservice to people to intentionally disempower them, their words, because so you're in the digital world now and, and words are all that matter. Words are the reality. Right. So, I mean, they, they're attacking that. And I just watched this thing Byron sent to me. I've binge watched 12, like, 20-minute episodes on YouTube. The Evergreen College story. Do you hear about this? I recall it vaguely. Oh, yeah. I'll post it on thepropreport.com. It was 
it was just madness. It was where identity politics, based on nothing, had no goal and just shut down the school. It created hostility, and the the students who were running it were so devoid of rational, linear thinking that they couldn't even articulate a goal, much less accomplish it, except for just destruction, just to stop the thing from operating. But I'm telling you, I clicked on this. I thought it was a 10-minute video. For basically the past 24 hours, I have just been binge-watching it, like under the covers, like a little kid with my phone. Uh, it's been really crazy, but it just it demonstrates so clearly how totally out of control this form without content can get. Anyway, highly recommend. I'll put I'll that on report.com. Oh, you'll it'll be too much. Like I I it'll blow your mind in my opinion. Uh speaking of well, let's say whistleblowing. <laughs> there is a whistleblower. Talk about form without content. <laughs> There's a whistleblower that Trump is the Trump a whistleblower that is saying that Trump said something that was inappropriate or said something troubling on a phone call with a foreign leader. So there's a whistleblower saying Trump said something troubling on a phone call with a foreign leader. Now, we know from Dennis Kucinich and Bill Clinton and all that hidden audio that we've heard that all that stuff is always recorded. And Trump said the same thing. I'd never say something stupid because that's a highly populated, in his words, call. So there is nobody to blow the whistle, right? Whoever's listening are listening for that reason, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so the whistleblower was blowing the whistle and I guess didn't actually blow the whistle because Trump's administration is sitting on the information. So it doesn't really blow the whistle if you go to the authorities you're trying to tell on and tell them instead. Yeah. But they're, they won't tell us what the issue is. They'll only say that there's a whistleblower, anonymous, of course, that is being suppressed by Trump. And that'll probably justify what I've expected since the beginning of the Trump presidency, which is a complete lack of transparency, a total buttoning up of all intelligence and all that. Oh, by the way, he's also promoting the NSA metadata collection, which was due to lapse in December. And both Republicans and Democrats were like, yeah, this is there's no justification for this. It doesn't work. It's illegal. And Trump is putting his foot down and wants the NSA metadata. So I, I just feel like he is he is going to uh, finalize or put the last nail in the coffin for the uh, total information state. It's the contrary law you were talking about, right? Yes, the contrary law of democracy. He did a couple of other things, too. One is he's citing San Francisco for an EPA violation, Rush is just cracking up about that because he's like, oh, he's hoisting them by their own petards, whatever. And but in the journal, it said, oh, Trump is considering building homeless housing in San Francisco. So they're promoting it as like, oh, he's so in their face. He's giving them an EPA ticket. And I thought to myself while Rush was on and on about it, I thought he's going to pay for them to uh, remedy that. No doubt we are going to pay for it. There's just all sorts of things he's doing. He's um, these background checks. They, they he's definitely going to sign whatever they come up with. And Beto O'Rourke is out there saying we're going to take your guns. But the reason he's saying that is that so that it can appear plausible, which I don't think it is, <laughs> that Republicans 
will get behind the background check thing. So the background check is that gun shows and private sales will now be subject to background checks. But remember, a background check is a registry. Red flag laws are registries. Medical marijuana places are registries. They don't actually have to take your gun or come to your house or deny you the pot or anything. They can give it to you. They cannot give it to you. The fact is you've self-identified as someone who is uh, interested in having a gun, might have a gun. The red flag law is somebody else has gone on the record to identify you as someone with mental illness who should not have a gun. Medical marijuana, Hawaii is actually using that to say anybody on America medical marijuana registry cannot get a gun. I mean, these are these. This is what Bill Barr is leading the charge on, because and they said, well, that's the Republican thing. It's not a Republican thing. Yeah. It is not. It is the this uniparty totalitarian. They take turns with this contrary law of democracy where on the one side, you know, it will take a Republican. That's my hashtag, which, by the way, you know how I always say Biden is a Republican? Yeah. That was another thing Rush said, that now all the never Trump are Republicans are fundraising for Biden. <laughs> He's their Republican. <laughs> You called that a long time ago. Yeah, I totally did. And didn't you have something about uh, speaking of the Democrats? Drudge tweeted for the first time in a while. He tweeted a photo. The photo was of a campaign rally and all the people that were there. And he said that it is Warren's nomination to lose. So he is predicting Elizabeth Warren as a frontrunner. And she has emerged, kind of like we talked about last week, to appear to be overtaking Biden to uh, take the mantle of the front runner for a little while. But you know what just doesn't feel right about that? Everything. <laughs> well, I mean, assuming the whole thing is just a staged production, I feel like the last act was about that. The last act. I mean, Warren is Hillary, right? I mean, or is it going to be? It's a clear loser because Hillary was a loser, so yeah. it's got to lose, I assume. But they could make the false claim that people regretted so much not getting Hillary in that they will get her in. Or, like, people were so upset that Biden didn't run last time. That's why he's there now. It's just – it's a a lose-on-purpose feeling. But I'm terrible at predicting the outcome of elections after that one. No one in that field is a good candidate. No one is. They're all terrible Especially Elizabeth Warren, not especially, equally especially Elizabeth Warren. They're all bad, so I agree. Well, the biggest problem with her is she, I guess, I mean, my impression of her is that she's a policy wonk, that she actually writes policy that has teeth and is radical and can get in there. If you have somebody who's just a face job, maybe you can't be sure who's going to end up pulling the strings. But with her, I think you kind of know what's going to happen. One more quick hit. Tuesday and Wednesday, we had Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old star climate activist, testifying before Congress, shaming them. And today, we have three hurricanes potentially bearing down on the United States, three climate change-caused hurricanes bearing down. And tomorrow, because we're just going to keep the theme pushing through the entire week, we have the big global climate strike where everybody's children will be exploited in New York City and other states. They'll be leaving school to go protest for climate change. Is is New York – are they going to dump rain on those kids? Maybe a hurricane what day is, is going to tear right what through day? New York tomorrow. The 23rd? Tomorrow. 23rd uh, is the U.N. summit. 
Okay, well, it doesn't look like it's going to dump rain tomorrow. That would be quite a story. I mean, it would just the visuals would be fantastic, except for it probably would actually deter these parents. I don't know. You can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow.